Where do you see agencies going? What are you looking forward to? My main goal right now is hiring. I have the system in place, which I didn't always have, which allows me to be able to say to someone, hey, it will work. You follow the instruction. Insurance dudes are on a mission to escape being handcuffed by our agencies. How? By uncovering the secrets to creating a predictable, consistent, and profitable agency sales machine. I am Craig Pretziger. I am Jason Feldman. We are agents. We are insurance agents. Yeah, I was just talking to somebody in our office today and I was like, going into these times of recession and all this stuff and all this craziness that, you know, you hear about on the news and it's like, dude, we're in the best industry ever. Because you know what? People have to have auto insurance. So it's mandated by the states. So it's like, I mean, I I don't want to jinx it, but it's a recession proof industry. You're, you're right. Yeah, at least right. this year, I, right? I, I, yeah. I think I thought in the COVID year, I thought I'd lose people. I actually gained business during COVID, which if you'd said, pull hand to fire, I would say, I would think I'd lose money and business during COVID, which I did not. The next year that, I did, but the COVID year I did not. COVID yeah, it was crazy. That year, I remember talking to Craig because we were both at scratch agencies. And at that point we were investing, I mean, like obscene amounts of money into leads, telemarketers and like the whole thing. Plus we had a big staff. So I'm like, I was just like doom and gloom. I'm like, well, we have like almost a hundred thousand dollar monthly budget right now. That was like, wild. If, if this gets shut off, like I don't have like hundreds of thousands to float this thing, you know? So you gotta pull the Bezos though, man. Big risk. You so you gotta do it. The big bets. So we just kept going and we're like, you know, week one, week two, like the shutdowns and stuff. And I'm like, wow, this is I think that we can hold steady. And then it's like, we're having some of the highest sales we've ever had. We're like, this is insane because it's such a polarity of, you know, on one hand, there's a lot of infrastructure that's breaking down everywhere, you know? And then on the other hand, it's like, we're, we were doing really well. So it's weird time, weird time for sure. I will say this, that I think this is a tougher job than the investment world. I can have a guy lose two fifths. It's not a big deal for him. But in our world, it really, really based on premium, we can really lose people if we don't have the objections and and are ready for the premium price raises that we have through the carrier. So I would say that this job is is pretty tough. But when I started, I thought it was going to be very easy. But I think it's actually harder than the investment world because the client is different and customers are different. And this is harder, much harder role than it is being on both ends of the spectrum here. Yeah. We're put in this position where we can't really niche in the PNC world. So when you can't niche, I mean, you can kind of, but you know, it's tough, right? It's tough to niche down. So then you run into different clientele that you got to kind of take it all, which can be challenging. And I came from that world. I was at Merrill Lynch and it was a different kind of tough, right? Because you were the guy, like you do all of that activity, but you were also more like a sales agent because you didn't have all the other stuff. And here it's, well, you have to get the sales, but also your HR and your payroll, you know, your HR, your marketing, <laughs> your sales, your yeah. investments, your everything, right? You're a psychologist. Your counselor. And counselor. Counselor, psychologist, yeah. Yeah. doctor. I put band-aids on people. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. And so you just have to like, Absolutely. it's that thing, right? The grass is always greener. Like you look over there, oh. That must be easier over there. They're just selling auto insurance, right? It's like, oh, well, but there's some other stuff. Absolutely. I hate to say that was my thinking. 
I could do that. He does that. Yeah. I can do it. You know, uh, the whole saying, the grass is always greener. It comes from this story of these two farmers that like their properties are next to each other. They always looked at the other guy's farm and thought, man, if I had that farm, then everything would be better. And the other farmer was looking over, saying the other one, and they ended up trading. And then when they traded, they were like, oh, same shit. (laughs) Absolutely. So you come into 2020 and I know you said, and it turned out it was, it ended up being okay, but let's backpedal before it was okay. What was going through your mind? Like, where were you mentally with what could potentially happen? Well, my goal was to be a mega agent. I got a little small agency just to get my feet wet because I didn't want to break off too much because I didn't know too much of the business. I'd already had my PNC license. I had all my licenses, but I just hadn't or been, I didn't do a lot with PNC. And I just thought because I was PNC, maybe I was arrogant. Hey, I could do that. If so-and-so does it, I can do it. It's not a problem. My agent does it. I can do it too. I started in 2019, in the middle of 2019. And in 2019, we were due well. I had inherited them. Hard decision to make, but I had to do it. 2020 went well. Like I said to before, 2021 took a strange turn, but we did okay. 2022, we were up 24%. We were up over 200% in quotes. We were up, I think, 15% in premium or something, but we were up, which was good for me. I just have to, for me to really build, I need to be able to kind of double what I'm doing. So I'm just yeah. trying to make sure that I can take this to the next step. And how do I do that? So that's tricky, that's, right? That's, yeah. I think you have the blueprint, but it's tough to take that mental shift to committing right to the additional like you get to capacity with whatever you're doing and as soon as those producers can't do more than what they're doing like they can't physically do more quotes like it's impossible like there's diminishing returns because 10 households is the most i think really and probably eight eight to ten is the sweet spot for what a Mm -hmm. producer can do in a day and really be effective once you're there then it's okay more leads, you know, more marketing, whatever the source is to drive traffic. And then, then you can add more producers, this whole thing, right? And, and that's, more marketing, and new producer, right. more marketing, new producer. Just, just to get it ramped up, replication. So yeah. that, that's kind of where we are. I mean, that's how we've done it. It's always daunting every time you go up a notch, right? I mean, I think we all have our doubts. We come up with and the reasons why we can't do it, even though we see everybody else doing it. And all of these things that are like tricks of the mind. And it's like the evidence is there that it can be done because we know there are people that could do it. And usually it's going to be that 10 to 20% are the ones that are successful. That's just the way it works, right? Because the other folks fall into the mind games and they let it take over. And that's why most people are workers, right? Most people have a job. Most people show up, they leave, that's it. They go do their thing. And we're crazy. And we work 24 hours a day. Or at least think about work 24 hours a day, right? Right. And That's absolutely it's just interesting. It hours a day. Think about how not to work for 24 hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. I totally agree. So what was the big breakthrough? I think not burning out my people. Not to give you guys a plug here, but starting off small and I couldn't get my guys to really make, I was asking them to make 80 to 100 calls. As everyone told me, that's a sweet spot. Make your guys make 80 to 100 calls, Paul. You'll make, it, you'll make a killing. And I was burning them out. So, I mean, they'll do it for three days. And then the other two days, I'm like, what happened? Yeah. They do it on Monday it and sucks. Tuesday, Wednesday. Everybody is shuts down. And, and I'm like, what happened? I'm looking at the numbers. It's 12 o'clock and we don't, no one has over 30 calls. I think right. moving them from making just calls from the leads to actually actively receiving calls 
and being able to sell and overcome yeah. objections, having more of a the ability to tell them, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get sharper and sharper every day um, to overcome objections. And that's going to be our selling point. First, we're going to have a point of, hey, do you just transfer me from someone else? How do we talk through? I'm getting a call from a telemarketer. The person just said, why did they transfer you? And now we never have that problem. That's not even a problem for them because once we worked on it enough, it became a smooth transition. And guess what? We don't have that issue. We have other issues, but that's not that's not one of the issues that we have. If someone's that's just facing their stuff. Up- There's always like these friction points, right? And then they seem so daunting and like it's not going to work out. And then it's like you start practicing it and you start realizing, okay, why? Like some people hit that road where it's like, let's just say internet leads. Nobody wants a quote and you got to call them a lot. So it's like, that's the end point. That's the brick wall. And it's like, well, that's a problem, right? The advantage of that is that, you know, not a lot of people like to break through that. The other thing is, it's like, well, how do we do it? And when you start inspecting it and working on it, then it improves. And then all of a sudden you build up a callus to that thing that you've been working on and you break through. And then that's not an issue. We got a process for it. It's like going to the next thing. And it's super cool. I love people that can break through because it feels good. You know, it feels good to have your team have a challenge. That wasn't working out and then get them through that. You know, it creates a really good company. Well, well, what, I, what I do like is that when one person says, hey, Paul, that actually worked. <sighs> yeah. So now I can go back to everyone else. And you know what? You can say you just had a sale based on using the script. We just got to follow the script. Put it in your own words, but we just got to follow the script. So I think, I think that yeah. helps a lot. And that just helps when you have success. Everyone buys in. If you don't and everyone's sitting there saying, hey, no one makes over 40 calls a day, that kind of stuff. Those are the calls that, and you can show that there's negative questions and comments. Yeah. You said something interesting that I think would resonate from anybody that's else that's come from financial services. It's sales. So from the function of like mechanically, you know, the architecture of the sales pipeline, very similar, right? Like it's just sales. You got to do numbers, blah, blah, blah. Now where the big difference is financial services, one deal, you sell one annuity, you could be making 20K, right? One client, 20K or 100K, whatever, right? Like, I mean, the sky's the limit. To get that same money out of an agency, a lot more has to go into it, right? Like simple numbers, you could say, if I want 20,000 of revenue, I need to write whatever that is to get that money this month or the lifetime value of it over some period, right? Like it doesn't work the same. And so then when we say, well, I'll make the dials, I made the dials here. Well, you can't because you can't write enough to justify that activity, right? For what we have to pay for it, whether it's ourselves, our sales team, it just doesn't make sense. Like you will go broke. And so if you're listening and you're in the financial services, this is the kind of what like we went through, like you've gone, you and I went through the same thing, Paul, on this one, which is interesting. So, yeah. Probably the same kind of mindset based on our background. Yeah. There's a lot of people that do come from the financial services into insurance. Right. I felt and thought the same way that Paul did. Like, oh, this will be freaking easy. If I can close somebody on a million dollar annuity, Correct. getting their auto insurance is easy. Well, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure, it is easy. But yeah, guess like, what? Well, I'm only making 20 yeah. bucks. So <laughs> not, not 50,000. So I got a problem yeah. here, right? Like I can't yeah. do 20 times X equals 50,000 amount of work. Like it just isn't possible. Like there isn't enough hours in the day to make the thousands of dials that I would need to make to do it. So it's interesting. It's just, I love it. The different businesses and the different ways they work. But at the end of the day, every business, it comes down to the math. And there's some equation that you can figure out 
how to maximize revenue. Yep. Just, and the reason just to go, just to circle back, the reason why I chose and not to be giving him too much advertisement, but the reason why I liked uh, Chick-fil-A is they're all packed. doesn't matter. They're right next to a McDonald's and KFC and they are always packed. And I look at the other two and there's no one there. You can have the same amount of workers. I'm like KFC and McDonald's does, but if you don't have the product and you don't have the people willing to buy pleasure, you're not going to get the business. And that's something that they love to do with uh, Chick-fil-A. And it's always my pleasure. So and that goes a long way. Just a little customer service. I hate to be going so granular on, on fast food. <laughs> but no, no but it's, it's applicable. Yeah. So Paul, as we're coming into 2023 and just post COVID and everything, like where do you see agencies going? What are you looking forward to? I think for me, looking at 2022 and and on something that uh, Craig said, where I was thinking about this on New Year's Eve, which is my brother's birthday, I was sitting there thinking, where is my business going to go for 2023? And what I'm going to do a little retrospect in June and figure out where I am, where I need to be, and did I do something wrong? Should I change position or how is this going to work? But my main goal right now is hiring. I have the system in place, which I didn't always have, which allows me to be able to say to someone, hey, it will work. You follow the instruction and here's what others have done and they've been successful. So for me, I think now that I have the process in place, when I started in 2019, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just following what every other agent was doing close by. But for me to grow, I just have to have a process in place that will actually allow my salespeople to do what salespeople are supposed to do. So for me, I don't hire any service people anymore. Those days are gone. I used to, but I'm not doing that anymore because I can do it myself if I need to, and they're not driving revenue for me. As much as I've tried to get some people to drive revenue, if it's not in your DNA, it's not in your DNA. I shouldn't force you or make you feel uncomfortable having to do something that you don't like to do. So it's usually not a good fit. So for me, I'll say that I'd rather have salespeople. And my goal is to just find salespeople that are willing to work and make usually the number one goal is to make a ton of money. Usually the ones that uh, work well for me. There you go. Well, cool. You went the distance. We went two minutes over than we promised, but Paul, thanks so much. So awesome to have you. Hopefully we'll see you at one of the elite calls one of these Wednesdays. And then if you're going to make it out to San Diego, that'd be awesome too. So we'll see you around the corner. Thanks for coming on. 